There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First Light. Go farther, stay longer. And now, your hosts, KC Smith and Tyler Jones. With cooler temps across much of the country, many are seeing deer movement creep towards daylight. For September hunting, it seems the stoke is pretty high for taking down target bucks in the next week. This is Rut Fresh. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Rut Fresh brought to you by First Light. We are glad that we've got a bunch of new First Light to deal with this year, KC, aren't we? Yeah, man, I've been uh, out here <laughs> uh, sweating it up in New Mexico, so i uh, having to change clothes pretty often, so it's kind of nice to have a lot of different gear. You know, it is kind of cool, the uh, the merino stuff. I wear, I've wear. i been wearing a wick a lot. You can wear it a couple days, and it ain't no sweat, you know, as far as, like, stink or whatever, so it works yeah. pretty well. Yeah, it's uh, the merino in the mountains, especially when you're not able to get showers and stuff, man, is just the thing, so... Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the thing that I was drawn to first light first for was in 2016, man, was that, uh, Merino piece. I was told that dude, it that was, was the best. Twister. I'm telling Good. you, Hey, and I nailed it, dude. I nailed <laughs> you did. it. Sorry to bring attention to it. You did, yeah. you did well. <laughs> yeah. Thanks dude. So, um, we're fixing to get into whitetail, but real quick, uh, how's the, how's the elk hunt going? Uh, elk hunting's great, man. Uh, it's it, there's lulls in the middle of the day because it's kind of hot, but otherwise, I mean, they they're rocking and rolling. We actually had kind of a slower morning this morning. Uh, we tried a new area, and uh, I kind of have actually one of the things that we do at the element whenever we're hunting about near anywhere for anything is we do our best to kind of cross off areas as that's unproductive ground. And I actually haven't been able to do that too much here because there's, there's a lot of elk around, so mm-hmm. uh. 
for the first time this morning, I was able to say, you know what? Probably not coming back here. Yeah. So that's probably a pretty optimistic way of looking at that. Yeah. That's, that's what I do, Brett. Yeah. Well, you know, another good way to cross ground off or uh, the opposite, right. To find the good spot is to uh, hang trail cameras. And so uh, yep. that's something that we've been doing. You guys have been doing some of that. Um, I, we are obviously apart right now, but I've been hanging trail cameras too. Um, I actually just uh, hung a new camera um, that is kind of at the back of my property because uh, I'm not really like looking for the big buck because I haven't seen a buck on this property all year. Um, in the year of 2023, I've not seen a buck on this property, but um, I do have a lot of deer around. And what I'm trying to understand is where these deer are coming into this corner. So that, cause I, the predominant wind on this property is not a great wind. It's a real iffy wind. And so I'm trying to figure out like when, where are they coming into the corner of this property from? And if I can better understand that, then I know, I know I can hunt that, you know, that really shady wind there. That's really, uh, maybe feels just, just off or even like it could be bad if I know that mm-hmm. they're coming in from, you know, we've got a Southeast, if I know they're coming in from the West a little bit more than what I think they could be. So I've got that yeah. camera set up on a stake in the, in the corner of that corner there and trying to understand mm-hmm. that. So like there's, there's a lot of things you can do with trail cameras. Like I said, we, we eliminate a lot of ground, especially like on Texas public where, uh, there's a lot of ground to be eliminated. <laughs> there's only yeah. a couple of good spots, you know, and, uh, every once in a while you run into something good, you know? So mm-hmm. it's also a good thing to do for, uh, human traffic as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that one of the, the things on Texas public, at least whenever we're eliminating ground, it's you see a dude in orange walking around on camera and you know, like, Hey, that place is pretty blown up. Yeah. I guarantee you <laughs> it the, it'll, it'll, uh, just walking through one time we've seen it shut down cameras pretty good, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. And what's handy about that though, is like, you know, why the, the, why it shut down if it does. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, well, they didn't walk through anything important at the time. So yeah, good to go or whatever, but it's, it's just good yep. to keep that in, in mind. And we've seen that happen. And, you know, you start seeing a dude in there two or three times in the month of October, then you know probably in November that place is not going to hunt very well because he's mm-hmm. probably going to be back in there. So, yeah, you know, you know something that uh, the longer I hunt and the more I mess with, with stealth cameras especially, um, the more I look at cameras more on a year-to-year traffic, uh, like data-wise, as opposed to the here and now. You know, Like you'd think, that you would be thinking about, like with still cams, you know, like the the borderline fair chase thing is like, oh, he's in there right now, let's go. But it's actually, I drift the other direction where it's like, okay, since I have a cell cam in there, I don't have to return to this place and I can leave it out all year long. And it's almost like a sacrificial camera. Mm-hmm. I may or may not ever make it back to go pick up or it's liable to get stolen or messed with or something between now and then, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I can accrue like, months of data without having to go and fiddle with the camera and actually we did that on the way out here stopped in a super super secret little spot on some public ground and put out a camera on a uh a big creek crossing uh that i don't expect to do a lot right now but as the rut moves on you know or as um things start to heat up which is what rut fresh is about right bringing the report as to what's going on in the deer woods Mm -hmm. as that starts to push towards you know late october november I expect that camera to light up and really oh, – I'm hoping for some good information that will lead me to uh, making some uh, interesting decisions for the years to come. For sure. Man, you know, the cell cams are pretty handy. 
uh, also in a, a more more immediate sense, not necessarily in the most immediate, but um, <clears throat> for us, like I think about a place that, um, or an area at least, it wasn't this exact place, but an area where you and I had a camera, or I put a camera out a couple of years ago, and it wasn't super far off the road, and we didn't expect much out of it. It was a regular camera, trail camera. And we went and checked it. Like, we pulled the card on, like, the last day of the season. And we were blown away. It had been there since August. And we were blown uh-huh. away by what was in there. And we were like, there's bucks everywhere. It's not even far off the road. You know, what's going on? So it taught us something for the next year. But at the same time, uh, you know, you're able to now with a cell camera. It's not like the bucks in there right now go get him because this place is kind of far from us anyway. But it's more like, um, hey – there's nobody in there this season, so let's go in there. And it allows you to have a good, fun hunt on public land instead oh, of going in those, there. Tyler? Yeah, I know. It's just like the fun ant. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> it's the same same word. But uh, that's, uh, you know, that's for me, it's like, man, people want to hate on these things. But, I mean, and they can certainly be used but uh, in the wrong way, but so can a vehicle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so can oh, so you can, a crossbow, a rifle, a bow yeah. and arrow, you know, bow and arrows were, uh, not legal for hunting for a long time because they're silent. You know, yeah. that was the thing in some States because they're quiet. So people were, they didn't know, they thought people were poaching because they could shoot a bow and arrow. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well just don't, you know, you can don't do bad things. Yeah. yeah you can, you, do can. That. you can, I mean, <laughs> dude, people are going to be evil with things, you know what I mean? So like, uh, yeah. and not to say that like killing a deer that you saw on the camera 20 minutes ago is evil. It's up to you, man. But like, you know, if you don't go over the limit, they're set there for a reason, right? You, you yeah. shoot your deer and, and be done or whatever if you want, if that's what you want out of your hunting experience. But my mm-hmm. whole thought is this, like when I go traveling to hunt out of state or even in state on public ground somewhere and I got to get up at, you know, 2 a.m. to go do that, it would be awesome if I could go have a hunt that was fun and I don't get like worn down at the end of the year because I'm hunting a place that I didn't know a guy was in or whatever, you know? So yep. it's just, yep. for me, that's that's the main benefit it's of cell cameras. Funny that you bring that up because last year we were in a state, Big Buck State, on some public ground. And um, you had gone into a place to hunt that we had a cell cam on, but you were on a different area of the property. And you had a bad hunt while you were in there. You you just barely heard like a deer snort wheeze or something from what I remember, but didn't see a lot. And uh, lo and behold... On cell cam, Slim Jim's over there walking around, stalking around with an air knocked mm-hmm. just throughout the whole property, you yep. know? And it's like, if you didn't have the camera data, like take cell cam out of it, just in general, if you didn't have camera data like that to look at, you would think that maybe your access was wrong or there was no deer on the property or yada, yada. Yeah. But because you have that data, then you know, like, oh, here is the extra factor that, that was unknown until we looked at the camera data. So, yeah. pretty cool thing. And this is the time of year to get that stuff out. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like to get cameras out, get velvet pictures and all that. And they're awesome. Believe me. One of the cool things about trail cameras is just the pictures themselves. It doesn't matter. Like I, I literally would hang a trail camera on a place. I wasn't allowed to hunt just to, if it had cool deer on it to look at the pictures of, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, this time of year as a hunter, late September is the time to go get cameras in the woods mm-hmm. because if you have a fairly efficient camera with fairly efficient settings and good batteries, I mean, you can put a camera out now as long as it's not over like a bait station and that thing will run for almost the whole season probably. Yeah. And so you, you can get all that data 
and you don't have to go in there at a more crucial time, like say like an October 21st or something where a deer is really starting to establish his, you know, his core area for the fall. You don't want to go in there and mess that up real bad. Sure. dude. And we have, we've got a a guest today that's going to talk about the same thing where, um, you know, as I've spoken with him in the past week, we've heard that, or I've heard that he's looking at and seeing some of these deer in areas already that generally are more of a rut area. Um, Mm. and so a little less in that kind of summertime pattern. So you get that stuff out now, you start to pick those deer up as they transition into those areas and it's pretty low, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a low risk situation for you as far as spooking deer and those kind of things, you know? So, yeah, well, dude, the second best thing you can do to understand what deer are doing is to put your truck cameras out this time of year. But the first the bestest thing you can do right now is listen to the refresh report there from across the country. So Tyler, I'm not there because I'm out hunting elk in New Mexico. You did all these interviews this week. Thanks for doing that, man. And who did you talk to? Man, we have a slew of dudes from all over in different areas of the U.S. So I'm really uh, excited to bring forward a couple of these guys. Uh, for one, we've got Grant Forney with Everyday Outdoorsman. He's out in Maryland, he's had some success, um, and we'll hear from him out in the Maryland area. If you head south, we got our buddy Justin Henry in Florida. He's going to talk about Florida a little bit, a place that is so foreign to a lot of us deer hunters. Um, but they're, you know, they're maybe some of the hardest deer to hunt, if I was taking a guess, uh, in the U.S. So definitely some things to be learned out in that area. We've also got Nate Crick, who is with identical draw. They've been out in Kansas a little bit. He's actually uh, heading out there right now to uh, make sure everything's in order out there. So they're hunting Kansas. And we also have Adam Keith from Missouri. Adam has had some really awesome success. Uh, those guys do a bunch of management stuff with Land and Legacy, and uh, they're just good dudes. We enjoy hanging out with them. Got to do a turkey video with those guys, or a turkey hunt that turned into a really cool video um, a couple years back in the spring. They've got a cool place up there. So that's who we're hearing from this week, man. Dude, it's a good diverse group from across the country. You know, seasons are starting to open up in more and more places. And uh, I kind of say this every week but we're getting closer and closer to deer season man it's (laughs) it's season in some places right now it won't be long before you and i are chasing whitetails uh but for the hype let's talk to these guys right quick and see what they have to tell us all right now on the phone i've got grant forney with the everyday outdoorsman what's going on grant not too much tyler just uh really enjoying the beginning of hunting season here and uh Looking forward to what's to come, too. Yeah, it seems like it's been pretty good for you so far. Um, what's it like hunting in Maryland, man? Is it big woods, or what What are you mostly getting after there? Yeah, so in Maryland, there's a little bit of everything. What I've been hunting is more um, more like rolling hills, uh, you know, pretty good mixture of woodlots and big fields. Been hunting one piece of public with uh, – a lot of crop fields on private that butt up to the public, mm-hmm. but that's been pretty good. And is that then corn? On, yeah, corn okay. and beans. And then there's also a pretty good amount of, uh, of oaks on that public as well. So there's some pretty good oak flats to hunt. 
on deer coming in too. So are you seeing the oaks drop? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The oaks are dropping and you know, to be honest, the hunting, I have had a little bit of success. The hunting has actually been a little tough. The deer movement has been pretty slow. These first two weekends of the season opening weekend, I didn't even lay eyes on a deer Mm. and three sits. And then this past weekend had a slow sit again, Friday evening, didn't see anything. And then Saturday, I finally saw a couple deer and I was able, I was actually able to connect on, on two does Saturday. So I was happy to fill the freezer, but really I can't say that the deer movement has been awesome. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, that's cool, man. It's good to let an arrow loose, man. I still get pumped when I shoot does, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. No, it, it was fun. So, uh, deer movement's been slow. Um, now, is that because the the weather's stagnant? I know there's been some hurricanes kind of heading up the East Coast and that kind of thing, or or is it just something else that you think? Yeah, so I think opening weekend there, the first two days of the season that I hunted, it was the warm weather. We had really warm temps, uh, probably some of the warmest temps I've, I've ever hunted in. So I think that really had the movement shut down during daylight. And so I think that that's what was causing it to be pretty slow. And then... The, the temps last week, we had a pretty decent temp drop, which had me really excited for, for the weekend that I just hunted. And it seemed like the hunting pressure then is what made it slow mm. this past, even though I did, I did connect on two does. Those were basically the only two deer that I saw. I think the opening week hunting pressure was having its effect and that was kind of slowing it down, even with the cooler temps that came in. So, you know, kind of had, kind of had a lot of things working against me there the first two weekends, but, um, you know, I was happy to still be able to fill the freezer a little bit. Yeah. Are you able to run trail cameras out there? Yeah. Yeah. I do run some cameras down there in Maryland. Uh, the cameras have been, they've been okay. You know, there's, there's a little bit of daylight movement here and there, but Nothing crazy. Not a lot for mature bucks. I'll say that. Um, it's been mostly does and fawns in daylight. Gotcha. Okay. So in the next week, um, are patterns going to stay similar based off of weather, moon, you know, whatever? Uh, or do you expect them to stay similar or do you expect them to potentially change a little bit? I think it's going to be pretty similar next week uh, to what it is now. The weather is going to be pretty much the same. It looks like the temperatures, uh, it looks like maybe this weekend, there's a very slight temperature drop with a, a little bit of rain coming in. So that could make it good right after that. But I think for the most part, it's, I would expect the deer movement to be pretty similar. Hunting pressure is going to pretty much stay the same here throughout the middle of September. And, uh, you know, with the temperature with us, not really getting a major temp drop, I think, I think it's probably going to be pretty similar movement to what we're seeing right now. Okay. So on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate the buck movement to be like next week? I'll, yeah, I'll probably give it a four, mm-hmm. you know, probably, probably a little bit below average, just with the heavy hunting pressure in the areas that I'm hunting. And then, uh, you know, those temperatures that are going to be pretty stagnant, you know, not only are they, are they a little bit higher than we prefer, but it's also like, we're going to have pretty consistent temperatures here for several days in a row. So I don't think that's going to help it. So I'll give it a four. Okay. Well, I appreciate the update, man. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. I hope no, you guys uh, have a great, great season, man. I hope you guys are able to put down a few Maryland bucks and wherever else you end up. And uh, I'm sure we'll get to talk to you again at some point, man. I appreciate the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Tyler. And uh, good luck to you guys this year, too. Thanks, man. See you, Grant. See you later. All right, I'm talking to Justin Henry right now. He's out in Florida. Justin, we had you on last year. What's been going on since then? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh you know, just as well as I know, being from Texas, heat, heat, and more heat. <laughs> yeah, that's been, man, I'll tell you what, the last few days here in the mornings, I've almost had to put a sweatshirt on, but it's been, you know, 80, late, or high 80s to, to low 90s the last few days is high, so it's uh, it's crazy that that feels good, but it does, you know. Yep. So, <laughs> um, you guys have had some heat, uh, and you've been out hunting a little bit in Florida, which is a such a weird state for most of us other people to think about deer hunting but you guys you live in it and you know what's going on um what what were you hunting as far as patterns go in the last week or so uh zone c which is central florida opened up this past weekend uh and i pretty much was on the food basically finding those dropping acorns set up in uh around an oak flat outside of some thick areas palmettos and stuff and Hoping to catch them. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the the what kind of oaks are they? Are they big acorns or small ones? They are small acorns. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would equivalent it to about half the size of what you'd get out in the Midwest. Yeah, and these are like swampy areas, I guess. Yes. Uh, I mean, pretty much you can get into your drier knoll areas where your palmetto flats and stuff like that your swamps be down there by your cypresses and stuff like that um there's water we've had a good amount of rain the past couple of weeks it stayed dried for so long but uh, we've had a decent amount of rain so uh a lot of the ditches and the swamp areas are a little bit higher than expecting gotcha so the the oaks are i guess in that drier country are they swamp oaks or are they like a sand post oak that's an upland or what what do you you got some scrub scrub oaks uh -huh. so you're um yeah basically scrub oaks or laurel oaks are starting to drop a little bit um and what i call like a, a live oak um mm-hmm no, I haven't really seen any acorns on that. Really, just the, the laurels and, like you said, like a swamp oak. Basically. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, the, what what's the weather going to be like? And are you gonna, guys going to get? I know that there's been a, it's hurricane season, so things change a lot. You know, is a, is is there Absolutely. any cold front in the future that you see? I heard a rumor that it might be like 67 Saturday morning. All right. So I'm I'm stoked about that. That's about a for the morning time. That's about a 10 degree swing the way it's been lately. So mm -hmm. I mean I I feel like that's enough to to induce a little bit of movement. Yeah. So you know you have weird ruts down there. Is that gonna? I mean I don't know when you're hunting Central Florida. I don't know when the rut is, but is that something that could? Uh, kind of start the rut essentially um probably not so much uh with this weather um and given the time of year central florida is usually about mid-october is when it really starts to fire up in my okay. neck of the woods now south florida being zone a um they are down um uh, way south they're, they're they've been rutting down there mm -hmm. um they were they actually are rutting before the season even opens down in south florida but we're still about a about a month away for it to start 
cracking up over gotcha. here in Central Florida. Yeah. So in the next week, if you were to go out hunting, like say you're going to go hunt that that cold front this weekend, are you are you going to change what you hunt them on, the, the patterns that you hunt them on, or what do you think? No. No, I think I'm going to stick to the uh, the food. The acorns should still be dropping here uh, for quite a while, and uh, I think I'm just going to stick tight to the the food for the time being. Okay, cool. So with that with that coming in, uh, if you had to rate buck movement on a scale of one to ten for for this next week, especially considering that cold front coming in, is it going to jump up? And what's that number going to be? Uh, I think I'm still going to give it about a three to a four, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the area. Um, I think I think it's generally going to be on the the same side, kind of on the slow side for the time being. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate the report, Justin, and uh, I hope that you shoot one this weekend. Send us pictures if you do, and we'll be talking to you soon, man. Sounds good. Thanks, Tyler. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. 
It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. All right, I'm here with Nate Crick of Identical Draw. Nate, what's been going on, man? Hey, dude. I mean, it's hunting season. Yeah. So can't complain, man. September's here, and uh, temps have been uh, pretty cool uh, where we're at. So it's been it's been pretty awesome getting out with the bow in hand and stuff like that. Can't complain. Yeah. So, you know, most guys are hunting elk in September. Guys like you yeah. and I, they spend we spend a little more time in the deer woods, especially September can be really good when you get cooler temps. Um, you've been in Kansas, and I mean, what was the weather like when you were hunting? Was it was it cooler or was it warmer? It was cooler. Um, my brother and I, we were actually discussing like opening day was probably the most uh, prime opening day we've had in as many years as we can remember. We had, I mean, it was a big temp drop, at least 10, 15 degrees from, let's see, the 10th, like the 9th and 10th to the 11th of opening day. Um, and there was some precipitation with it too. So whenever you get the big temp drops and a little precip, we get pretty excited. Yeah. So yeah, we did hunt the opener. Um, and we, we saw some deer, but, uh, it was still, still, you can still tell it's early season. Like you really got to I don't know, at least in our neck of the woods, you got to kind of get lucky to snag one of those open season bucks. And um, it's, I don't know, our mindset about it is kind of just like, I mean, less than two weeks ago, we were glassing bucks in bean fields. So it's like, we're going to, we're going to kind of be on dude's horse until it kind of starts to change. Yeah. Did, uh, did your trail cameras do anything different? Like, did you see anything uh, that was surprising with the cooler temps that changed their patterns or anything? Mm, I didn't really see anything the weird thing that, well, I guess it's not weird. I, I feel like, um, in a lot of like hunting, um, media and things like that, I hear don't hunt the mornings or the season, but the bucks that we've been hunting have been daylighting in the morning. So that evening, our, our hunt wasn't as good as we wanted month, uh, opening day evening. Um, and we went back that night, but Tuesday morning, the next morning, um, one of our bucks that we were chasing daylighted, and then two days later, they daylighted again in the morning. So we were like, "Man, we need to be, we need to be switching up our mindset a little bit about this early season morning stuff because our that's when our bucks are moving. I think, I think it's, I think it's coolest in the morning because it's still mm-hmm. the evening is still dropping tip. And so I think it is the coolest in the morning. And then I, I don't know, I don't know what other what other things are changing. That uh, we had um, one of our bucks was actually still full full velvet um, on opening day, and then two days later he he had lost all of it. So mm. they're definitely um, they're definitely changing for for the season. Yeah. So what uh, have you just been hunting them on food, or what what patterns you've been hunting them on? Yeah, pretty much hunting them <laughs> hunting them on food. We have um, half of our cameras are still kind of in the summer mode of on some field edges, some food, things like that. And then actually before um, we did have a an elk tag uh, early September before we did that we moved some of our cameras around to some just some more o- late October November stuff like drainages stuff where we're catching pinch points mm-hmm. and um, we actually had one of our shooters go hit one of those cameras and like do a little scrape action on one of them and I was like that's that's where that's where we need the rest of our cameras because in the last at least in the last five days 
um, a lot of our food cameras have become a lot slower, just mm-hmm. getting some dough movement. So <laughs> we're like, the, the bucks are still there, but they're changing and we haven't adjusted to be able to um, catch them on camera or to just, just see them more in the tree. So um, definitely need to, uh, to do some of that. So, Interesting. So yeah. going forward, uh, are you going to be changing your hunting setups and your cameras in this next week or so to kind of match what you think you're seeing? Yeah, we we follow the food sources. We've got some oaks on our ground, so I, like the acorns are really starting to drop. So combination of that and also um, just like hitting those heavy trails. And this is, uh, we've hunted this property for a while, so it's not like a new thing that we're going to go scalp a boots in the ground and try to find some of that fresh sign. We know where a lot of that is. We'll, we'll still try to find some of that fresh sign in the next few, few weeks. But um, yeah, th- that transition really needs to happen. And until we do that, I can expect... Uh, trail cameras to be a little slower but mm-hmm. um yeah that's kind of how it'll go and i mean the next few weeks will really i mean it can only get better from here so unless they really start start getting consistent again um we're going to wait for a pretty good temp drop before we go after those suckers again so yeah cool yeah. so yeah. in the next week if you had to think based off of weather and all these different factors um and then just the change that you're seeing yeah. What would you rate on a scale of one to ten your projected buck movement? Gosh, I would um, I would say it'll be okay. I bet it'll be like a, a seven out of ten. All right, um, which I feel like is pretty good for this time of year because it could be pretty slow. Mm-hmm. But the the temps are okay, and they're going to be dipping. I know I saw again later this week they're going to be dipping. Um, so honestly, like a week from now, I will I will expect to have had the bucks were chasing at least they like once in there which can't complain for for late september sure awesome dude well thanks for the report nate and i hope you guys have a great season get after them big kansas shooters yeah man you too thanks all right now on the phone i've got adam keith out in missouri adam it's been a while since i've seen you man but it's good to talk to you again no doubt tyler always a pleasure man so you guys or with Landon legacy you have this company that just does lives and breathes like you know, native landscape, right? But you do a lot of just landscape work and a lot of wildlife work. Um, you guys, uh, I've been impressed for years. I've known you for a long time now, but uh, with just your knowledge of uh, different plants and different biology and all the different things, man. So um, you, consequentially, you end up killing some pretty good deer over the years and you've had success recently, right? No doubt. Yeah, I'd say we like we're habitat restoration with habitat management for hunting success. So okay. we do a lot of laying out habitat restoration that involves trying to put a hunting strategy in place. Yeah. And so, you know, when you do that, I feel like on on your home farm, that's kind of like you're you're supposed to be able to hunt your own farm, but if you're in that business, you you kind of have to be laying it out in a way that produces success. So yeah. I mean, it, it, I would feel pretty like a big failure if I didn't do it correctly. And sometimes it falls into place too good, if you will. And that was Saturday night for us. I mean, first night in the set and it, it came together. Yeah. So you were, what were you hunting that buck? Like the pattern wise, what were you hunting him on? What were you looking for him to be doing? For me, early season, you're. Tr- I'm always trying to press against bedding as close as I can. And whether I'm pressing against bedding that is a food source close by that's right next to the bedded room, or in this case, uh, it's one of the, the first scrapes that they use in the, in the fall where 
we put a camera on it and in the fall it's like okay you see occasional scrape on a field edge but like this is the one where they come in and they're thrashing it and they're working it up and it's bare ground and you don't do anything to make it that way they do it and so it's kind of like a historically good scrape and we know that it's very close to this buck's bedding and so we just put the time in with the right wind and lo and behold he was the first deer on the field yeah so the scrape now is that something that you see it it gets opened up because of the diurnal period or is there a weather uh function there that happens or why does that why does that all of a sudden become a thing as soon as they start shedding velvet it seems like that scrape starts starts to heat up okay and i don't know if it's because you know there's a lot of theories with this but it's on the high one of the highest elevations on the entire farm and it's an open field that's kind of brushy and it just feels bucky um, when you get there in the fall. And I don't know if because it's so high that when it gets worked so consistently that the scent of that scrape just drifts down all around. And so deer are constantly smelling it and coming to check it. That's kind of been my idea. So it's kind of like a, a humongous communication point. I got you, man. That's uh, that's pretty cool theory i love uh random kind of you know obscure theories like that that make a lot of sense still because those are the you know you can you can talk about you know bedding and bed to food all day but everybody talks about that it's cool when you can see stuff and be like oh i wonder about this you know kc's really good at that stuff he's a very creative individual but yeah for, for me even watching trail cameras one of the cool things that you see is like i'll see a, a three and a half year old come in and work that scrape and then he'll walk off and it's like five minutes later, here comes another buck and he's checking it. And I'm like, uh, in theory, I'm always like, they're laying around that somewhere mm-hmm. to where they can either see a buck going to it or smell it or something. But it seems like they just almost take a, a ticket to go take their turn at the scrape sometimes <laughs> in the fall and especially early in the fall. And we've seen it over the last couple of years. So we just had to capitalize on it Saturday. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congrats on that. Um, Going forward, if you were to go hunting next week or this next week, this coming week, like what would you change anything at all, or would you kind of stay with that same uh, scrape pattern that's near bedding, or would you go? Would you move to food, or or what would you do there? Well, here in the Ozark Mountains, there's starting to be more and more acorns dropping, especially white oaks, and and for our farm, we knew it was a ticking. It was, time was ticking where they're going to shift from that scrape being consistent on it to shifting more into chasing white oak acres and so for us moving forward the strategy would be still trying to find those acres that are dropping close to bedding and so you know we we've got a couple cameras right now on some big white oaks field edge white oaks that are next to a really dense area on an east slope and there was deer in there at 715 this morning mature bucks mm. and so for us it's like okay uh we still are going to use the bedding as our focal point, but we're still trying to find those almost enticers to draw them out in daylight, whether that be a scrape or whether that be a persimmon grove or whether that be a food plot, or in many cases right now, it's, it's white oak acres. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So if you were to, if you were to rate what you assume buck movement would be like based off of any variables you can, can come up with in the next week on a scale of one to 10, what do you think it's going to be? Uh, probably a seven. I feel like it's pretty good right now looking at the weather forecast. Um, you know, it's still mid September to la- latter part of September. 
but it's cooler. It's, it's a little bit almost, uh, historically cooler than normal. And over the last couple of weeks has been really hot. And this week looks pretty cool. Chances of some rain. I mean, if I still had a tag, I'd be out there. <laughs> awesome, dude. Well, thanks for the report, Adam. And I hope you guys have a great season, man. Appreciate it. Same to you guys. Honest reports from all these fellas. These are the guys we like to have on so that everyone listening has a realistic expectation and can make good use of their free time. These guys talked a lot about hunting food for the week, and I almost hate to give out this information, but Adam Moore has written a really good short article on the Meat Eater website called Three Overlooked Food Sources for Early Season Whitetails. Also, There are more One Week in November episodes coming soon, so make sure you're subscribed to the Meat Eater YouTube channel. Lastly, don't forget to hop over to the Element Podcast and make sure you're getting the latest tips directly from us as we continue to discuss up-to-the-minute discoveries while in the field and answer listener questions. This has been Rut Fresh. Stay fresh. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.